Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Now, what does Jack Whitehall, comedian, actor and TV presenter, have to do with early careers marketing? Now, bear with me, because in this episode, I will find out with Rob Fryer. Rob is Director of Student Life at University of Leicester. Rob has extensive experience in the early careers market from his time as Head of Student Recruitment at Deloitte and Board Member of the Institute of Student Employers. So what Rob has to say about the student and early career market is certainly worth listening to. We chat about students and how they've been adapting to life in lockdown, what the milk round will look like this autumn, and what recruiters can do to help students prepare for the world of work. Let's get on with the chat. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks very much for joining. It's good to have you on um, on an episode. Um, oh, my pleasure. Let's um, actually start off by with, are you still locked down? What's say? We can still do a little bit of lockdown talk. I, yeah, I suppose we are. We're in lockdown, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. It's become the new norm. I, I, I don't know any yeah, different at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. You, um, you based in London, yeah? Yeah, just on the outskirts. So, um, mm. yeah, we still um, we still probably haven't moved from about two mile radius from the house. Mm. Uh, girls are back at school. Or oh, sorry, my youngest is back at school. So we did a school drop off. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I haven't been um, I haven't been back on to, to campus at Leicester since the sixteenth of March. So I haven't been wow. back in a in a physical working environment for the best part of three months now. Goodness. Well, hopefully. Things will be changing soon. Um, but let's um, let's start off with, actually, let's just kind of do a bit of intro. Tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what your role is at the University of Leicester. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So I, I can't help but do this. It makes me feel old when I, I start to think back in, um, um, on my career to date. But <laughs> believe it or not, 20 years ago was when I graduated. It's coming up to that, um, to that anniversary. Same. Um, yeah, me too. I can't believe it. Wow. There we <laughs> go. Completely. Don't look a day over forty. <laughs> yeah, that's the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so I I started out I started out in the early careers field. Um, now it's been called a whole host of different things over the years, isn't it? Graduate mm. recruitment, student recruitment, early early talent, um, etc. But I spent the majority of of my time um, working in engineering organisations, banking, um, and most recently professional services. Um. I've worked very much across Europe, across the UK, uh, marketing, campus recruitment, selection, a lot of learning and development, onboarding, etc. Mm. And then around about four years ago, poacher turned gamekeeper. I moved into higher education, bit of a left field move, but started to work up at the University of Leicester as director of careers and employability. Mm. And then my remit started to expand much broader than careers, more into sort of student services. A lot of the work we do supporting the student experience, their well-being, um, that students with disabilities that, that need some special support that we can provide. Um, okay. I also support an active life under my, my remit, which is quite nice. Uh, I wouldn't mm, have thought nice. I'd be um, starting to worry about how we're going to um, reheat the pole at this uh, you know, at this point, oh, well, you know, maybe really. three or four years ago. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> Yes, it's all good fun. Very different world, but a, a really interesting and fascinating world. So, is um, what kind of what part of the university is it connected to? Is it is it connected with the kind of careers and employability um, part of the organisation? 
Yeah, so broadly speaking, it's I, I suppose I'd, I'd term it student services. So mm. when I when I joined, um, I think it's fair to say that actually lots of universities have gone through this this, this kind of evolution. But career services had been quite quite traditional. You'd maybe go in there and have your CV checked. But um, as I think we're all increasingly aware, developing skills, building up a portfolio of experiences is as, is as much to do with how you write a CV as it is to do with um, what you've got to write in it. Mm. So that, that kind of service portfolio expands broader than careers because students develop skills, they develop insights, acquire knowledge, um, test out their motivations, their experiences um, through, through sport. Um, mm. through through volunteering, through broader student experience activities than they would maybe would just get in the, the academic area. Um, so that's that's how my kind of role has started to, to develop. And, and of course, if there's a there's a big focus on mental health at the moment, um, mm. students' broader well-being, and and if students aren't in the right place to, to study and to fulfil their potential at university, then they're not going to necessarily be in the right place to, to find the right job after graduation. So. Yeah. Yes, it's a fascinating time to, to, to think in, in, in much broader times and, and Lester's very forward thinking in that respect. That's good. It's um, It seems like, yeah, it's it's come a long way in the last last decade. I mean, I, I used to be heavily involved in working with career services and I remember popping to um, University Leicester Career Service um, a few times, um, meeting the meeting the team there, but that was a while ago. But it's um, it's it certainly feels like from what you're saying, certainly at your university, that it's going actually let's look at holistically what the student experience is and and i suppose one thing which is you know is is someone getting the most out of their time at university and enjoying themselves but also is that preparing them for the world of world of work which is fantastic it shows that it's just so so much more than just living away from home or or um or doing an academic subject that you may may or may not be interested in yeah, that's right. I mean, we look back at a lot of the research. I mean, the majority of of, of graduate recruiters, and, and certainly in the roles that I had, the majority of the, the, the recruits didn't matter where, what they studied. Mm. So, so in many ways, it's the byproduct of the skills that you acquire by studying than actually the academic content. Now, that's yeah, that's not true of doctors, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, that kind of content needs to be spot on. But yeah. um, the, the way I look at kind of my area within the institution um, and the way I kind of describe it to colleagues from the graduate recruitment world that I, that I kind of left is that it's, it's, it's a learning and development program. It's a mm. three year program. Um, I don't get involved in the, the academic content. Um, the same way as I, I wouldn't necessarily a professional services firm be teaching someone how to do tax computations. But it's it's the broader skills. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it could come in handy now. But um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's, yeah, it's that that kind of broader that broader sort of skill set. That, that, so we've we've developed a matrix that we've we've, we've kind of mesh our curriculum against around transferable skills. Mm. And my role is to support those within the curriculum um, to how they can best use their teaching practices to, to develop those skills. That's but good. most of the focus is in the co and extracurricular. Um, so, so people, for example, that, that are active in sport develop some wonderful skills that they could apply to a whole host of different careers in different contexts. Mm. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's a really interesting role and it's a really interesting um, time to be working in, in higher education. Oh, yeah, for sure. My goodness me. Um, actually, um, so 
what it, so you talked about sport for example can you we go into a little bit more about that in terms of kind of getting a feel for the kind of program programs you've been you've been working on to to give to give students and therefore graduates more of a kind of a, a rounded rounded experience and cv so to speak yeah absolutely so um a lot of the, the research sort of sport england and um, british university championship sports um have looked at students' skill set and have looked at their their broader well-being, mm. and and a lot of the research comes back to suggest that if you're involved and engaged in physical activity, you're feeling better about yourself, you're in, you're enjoying, you're during your life, you're able to to fulfil your potential a little bit more. So there's a, there's a base level there that I think um, whether you're a student or, or or not, everyone I think can engage with to a degree. Mm. But there's something much, much more than that. So if you start to engage with their clubs or our societies and take more of, a, of an acting role in, in, in maybe chairing meetings or looking after the finance of a club or running a club, um, if you look to, to, to develop your, your skills in a certain sport and then go into local schools and teach other people how to, how to play hockey, how to get involved in, in, in rugby, for example, all of these different um, activities, you, students probably aren't getting involved with them because they want to develop a skill. They're getting involved with them because they have a passion, they have an enthusiasm, they want, they want to have fun, they want to, they mm. want to meet people. Um, and, and my area very much takes that and say, well, that's great, do it. You know, let's, let's put these activities on. It's about having fun. It's about enriching your experience. But at the end of it, let, let's, let's take a little bit of time to reflect because that school that you went into um, and you taught someone how to play hockey, what, what, what skills did you learn from that? How did that make you feel? Did that did you did you value that? And then let's reflect and start to think forward about well, how are you going to take those experiences and what you've learned um, and put them into a career? Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. See, so it's um, yes, it's a different it's a different way I think of trying to support students and understanding the value of an education. Mm. Um, and it, and it is the broader education, you know, it, it, it's, you know, we've got some wonderful academics with some brilliant content in some of the courses that we've got up at Leicester. But if I look back at my time at university, I can't think in any of my roles as a graduate recruiter or um, or working in an institution like, like Leicester, um, where it's been useful for me to pull on anything to do with the, the Second World War that I learned in my, my second year <laughs> at university. Mm. But actually, the, the, the discipline of maybe having a couple of hours lectures a week and having to, to manage my own time, having to work in different groups, different people from different backgrounds. I don't think I was aware of all those skills that I was building up when I graduated. It's true. Sounds like work, doesn't it? <laughs> it's what you just described. Absolutely. So yeah. I just want to I'm really sort of passionate about trying to put that in the forefront of our students mind that they're this isn't about careers necessarily this isn't about broader employability in, in the first instance this is about mm. supporting you to get the most out of your time at the university mm. but let's not let not lose that opportunity to reflect and think about the skills that you've built and think about the way that you've you've you've, you've managed your time at, at, at Leicester and how you can apply that in in the world afterwards because that's that's really what our students are coming to university for I mean great to have the, the experience and have fun but there wants they want something tangible at the end of it, like a job or postgraduate study or, or something better than they would have otherwise been able to achieve if they didn't go to university. Ultimately, it's about having happy customers, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and that they're getting the investment that they're putting into their education. It's, it's fantastic that, you know, you have this role and, you know, you and the team are, are focusing on it. Um, it's easy, you know, it's easy to kind of 
think, oh, well, someone else could do that. You know, but if you have people trying to do too many things, then they well will never do it justice, and and don't have don't have the experience enough of the experience to to make a good um make a good go of it. So, so as as you said, um, yeah, things are looking a little bit different in across all all parts of of life, um, and in particular, kind of you know, university. So, what's kind of how have you guys um found you know, lockdown and what's what's been going on? I, it's it's been a really interesting time, Chris. And I, I think if if someone said four months ago um, you we wouldn't be able to have students on campus um, and everybody be working from home, I, I think my initial reaction would would probably have been a bit of a cold sweat and um, and panic. Mm. Um, but I think looking back over the last the last few months, I've been you know really impressed with. With, with how not only our students but also our, our academics and our, our services have, have, have adapted to this 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 new world it, it just shows how powerful that online content um, and online delivery can be mm-hmm. so if we if we maybe t- take a step back right 18 months i remember having a conversation with um our student union and they they quite rightly were challenging the the, the university and saying things like well why do i have to get up on a monday morning and walk into to a lecture theatre to have an academic talk with us for 45 minutes and then I can kind of go again. You know, this mm. is an outdated mode of delivery. What I'd really like is some online content Brilliant, that I yeah. can look at 24-7, pause, take notes, rerun, look at again, go through, digest, um, at a time of my choosing, when I'm up for it, when I'm ready for it. Um, and this has really kind of given us... Um, certainly university is a bit of a push to, to, to really up that ante in that and deliver to, to students in a different way. Mm. Um, our careers appointments have, have, have gone have gone up in terms of usership. We're having more people getting engaged with our one-to-one sessions and some of our webinars than we would do in person. That's good. Um, interestingly, our counselling services uh, um, ha- haven't been inundated as, as I maybe would have expected, but the quality of the conversations has been certainly in terms of the feedback we've had from students a little bit better and mm. they feel a little bit more comfortable speaking openly uh, online than they would do maybe face to face with someone so i think all in all the last four months have been a challenge but have really shown us that we've got some great assets that would allow us to deliver remotely and there's mm. some real benefits to it yeah nice oh i mean god that's a whole that's a whole other episode in terms of the model of delivery of education you know um you know using online for that it's um yeah it's a it's a really really interesting topic and yeah so from from september uh, is the university kind of how much of it is going to be staying online um come the time when students usually return to campus god i, I think i'm gonna to need to put a disclaimer here yeah. before you, you can't say <laughs> yeah fair enough I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what's gonna to happen tomorrow let alone in three or four months um do you know what? I, I, it's if if I had a magic wand and I was to sort of wave it right away and everything was to go back to normal, the students that would be coming onto campus in September had have been out of education for six months. Mm. They probably haven't left their house for the best part of four months of that. Mm. So their recent lived experiences would would make the next academic year incredibly different. Even if I did have that magic wand, um, but do you know what? I don't. So thinking about. Um, 
what potentially would would be happening and, and some of the things that we we can think about is that there's, there's going to be doubt over student numbers will, will students want to come back and complete their degree mm. will they what decide to go to university will we be able to recruit um, international students will they be comfortable coming to the uk mm. so, so will we be able to onboard everybody at the same time um given some of the challenges that we've got around social distancing etc so it's, it's going to be very different um that there are a few things we do know right so we, we I think we can probably say with some certainty that there will be social distancing. Mm. So I think campus will look slightly more like some of the the shops that people are flocking back to, um, or the school classrooms that um, that schools have had to to to, to sort of set up. Mm. Um, it will, may may well look very similar in a university setting. There's a lot of talk around bubbles. So again, I know schools have adopted this approach um, and it's worked really nicely with, with, with my daughter going back to school. It's been, been pretty much a seamless transition for her going back. So <laughs> I, I can well imagine we'd have sort of bubbles of 15 or so students maybe living and studying together. The blending learning piece that we've touched on, I think will be, will be prevalent, I, but I do think there'll be some in person, probably in smaller groups, which I think um, will be advantageous and I think really important to, to ensure the quality of provision from an education perspective, but also in terms of delivering that broader student experience. But from a student, a, a, an employer's perspective and a graduate recruiter's perspective, I think this is going to be fascinating, right? Because, yeah, you know, I, careers fairs, open presentations, brochures, stands, freebies, you know, thinking, it, thinking of the conversation we would have been having probably eight years ago, yeah. we, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily be worried about the brochure anymore chris would we <laughs> no no at last <laughs> at last <laughs> yeah oh, disclaimer there me and me and um rob used to work together when i was um at habas and rob was at deloitte so yeah we had some yeah really enjoyed working with you there and um yeah it's i think it's um yeah can you can you see much of on campus or the milk round as it's you know always been classified you know really happening in in any shape or form um in october i don't i don't think we were well the, the, the challenge that um i think we have and and the, the wonderful thing about the milk round in many ways you know that we'll probably come on to some of the the, the the less positive things around the traditional milk round but the one thing that it did give both recruiters and students was a, a a very physical tangible mark in the sand this mm. is where you this is now careers are here start thinking about it there's a physical presence there's a there's a big um collection of activities around about that time of year that nicely fits into students academic calendar before they start thinking about exams mm. after they've kind of become acquainted with the institution and there's a lot of passing trade and i know recruiters that i'm talking to at the moment are worried about not having that physical presence so they don't get that, that kind of um career browsers for example you know mm. maybe students that know where they want to apply will be able to go directly to them but they, they the passes the passes by they won't be able to get because they haven't got that physical presence mm. so i think it will be different um and, and i think we'll try in many ways to replicate that call to action and try to engage students with careers online okay. and, it, and it and it may well be come january that it will it will be delayed that we can bring bring activities back onto campus that we can start to invite more and more employers back in from january onwards for example so mm. it, it might it might be just be delivered a little bit later 
Um, what, what I'm hoping is that some of the learning that we, we touched on about the last sort of four months in lockdown and potentially as we could see it coming through from autumn, we can we can harness that and start to crystallise some of the, the great activities that have gone on mm. and then maybe start to challenge some of the more traditional approaches, which I know from my time as a recruiter that it's hard to justify um, in terms of when, you, when budgets are maybe re reduced and you've got um, maybe a reduction in, gradu in graduate vacancies, it's hard to justify such a large spend on a physical presence. So I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking some of the new ways of working and innovations that we've seen and that are to come, I'm, I'm hoping will stay in the market for years. I think actually what you say about the milk round is, is spot on. It's, it's a bit like it's, you know, the time of the year where it's a bit of a, like a festival of careers, isn't it? It's a, a, a time, a time where, you know, both students and, and recruiters know that they have a chance to get together over a few weeks um, and very much focus focus on talking about about careers. So, yeah, and I think actually that kind of blended in the same way with blended learning. I think it would be great to see a kind of a, a milk round, a graduate recruitment world where where you do have that mixture of of online discussions and and then face to face. It's a bit like really, really interesting what you said about what your students are saying um, about um, well, why is it? Why do I have to? You know, come in for a lecture when I can get access to that content online, um, and you know, leave the leave the more higher touch, socially distancing higher touch, um, you know, contact face to face in person to more kind of higher value, you know, conversations where, say, in in January, maybe when people can, you know, get back onto campus more readily, there are then conversations had off the back of some discussions that were had online. I think that'd be a really interesting way of um, of doing it yeah I, I agree i i think that the face-to-face -face contact will probably be back-ended in the processes mm. um so if we think about maybe careers fairs you you, you could and, and let's actually let's get rid of the term careers fairs. they're, they're large-scale mass participation events right yes nice um so you can kind of replicate that online yeah um and you can record it and you can have that ripple effect people can engage with the content over and over again which you don't get with the, with the, the one-off kind of physical event Mm. So you can replicate the question and answer sessions. Um, you can you can ensure you know through your sort of social channels that you can keep some of that content there, so people can see the the questions that other people have asked and learn from that. So I think you can replicate that. Um, to which degree of success will, will, is to be determined, but I think you can mm. replicate that. So if we carry on with this kind of bubble idea that you've got students in your selection process, and those that are coming towards the end of it, the higher value candidates potentially you, you could engage with them on campus or in in your own employer's offices a little bit later on mm. and that should should be a nice balance i'd like to think to ensure that i mean it, it frightens me actually that a student could um go into an employer without physically setting foot in their office or, or meeting someone in person mm. yeah I, I think that face-to-face -face is so important and you know, if we think about, or purely thinking about my careers, I, I, I would say I've probably left um, bosses or leadership teams as opposed to companies, mm. um, and I've probably gone into into roles because of the people that are in the teams that I'm joining or the leadership of those teams are buying into that vision. Um, you know, I think the brand and the the, the title of those organisations is important, but it's is much more important, certainly from a personal perspective, the people I could be working with and their vision. Mm. 
and I don't think that's too different for, for students. They, they want to get a feel for the people they're going to work with. It's, it's such an important point in a student's life moving into graduate employment. So to, that they, they're going to want to, to, to feel and understand that culture and experience it themselves. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping that later on in the processes that recruiters will start to adopt practices that you've just described. Mm. Yeah, nice. Uh, in, um, so I've mentioned a lot and marketeers do mention a lot about kind of this thing about providing value to the audience. You know, and this is a big part of content marketing, which is, you know, you start off with not thinking about, well, what can we sell? You're thinking, how can I provide value to the audience but i always like to kind of kind of put the meat on the bones of that word value you know so when it comes to when it comes to students you know what is it they they really do value we touched on it some of some of it already but i'd like to kind of talk about it a bit more you know, what is it that students really do value from from graduate recruiters I think for me, and, and, and the way, I, certainly when I was a recruiter, the way I'd try to approach these things is, is, is the quid pro quo. So if a student comes to your event or if a student engages with you, they've given up their time and they want to have equal value from that interaction as you have. Mm. So as a recruiter, you, you maybe want to find the best candidates, you maybe want to engage them with, with certain selection processes, et cetera, et cetera. So that's great. So, But what do I get away from that? What do, I, what do I take away from it as a student? What, what's, 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 what's the point of me coming along? I can see why you want to do it. I can see how you've got vacancies to fill. Mm. I can see how you've got a campaign that you want to run and you maybe be judged by leadership on, on, on quantitative numbers that come through and et cetera, et cetera. But from me as a student, what, what do I get? Um, so I think, I think it's, it's important that recruiters look at that from both sides, that, that mm. there is equal skin in the game from, from any kind of interaction. But broadly, from a student's perspective, they want something tangible. Mm. And I think the, the interesting thing in, in, in this market at the moment, and this is a broad term, uh, you know, just purely from interactions that I've had with, with, with our students at Leicester, but I think, I think they're anxious and they're, they're, they're worried about next steps. Mm. And they're hearing a lot of negative messages. Unemployment is up. Redundancy is being made across the board. Small businesses are struggling to make ends meet. So I think... I think to a certain degree, my answer is the same as pre-pandemic, but I think it's more emphasis on it. Mm. It's just a lot more important now that students want to have insight into, well, what, what is the market you're operating in looking like? How is it going to change given um, given, given COVID? What, what advice have you got as a recruiter? How, how can I be successful? How can I enchant, uh, um, improve my chances of getting a role with you? Mm. Um, how can I develop my, my employability? There's something fun that I can get involved with while I'm doing it, something engaging, meet people, learn something. Mm. Um, so I think it's it's a really, really great opportunity for graduate recruiters to, to move away from some of those messages and high-level messages around um, what they're doing and how they're doing it to start to actually demonstrate it with something tangible that can engage with those students. Um, so I, we, we, we're speaking before, Chris, and that, that idea that you've – if you've been talking about around sort of broadcast and thinking of yourself as a broadcaster, mm. I think this really plays in wonderfully into this market. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um, the thing about uncertainty is I think yeah, really I think important. It's it's um, I'm actually doing a doing a proposal at the moment actually for um for a client and is it is it 33 percent of graduates are um only 33 percent of graduates are confident in securing a role after university because of coronavirus and 80% of graduates are worried that 
know, COVID-19 will affect their university grades. So there's this thing about, um, about yeah, needing that help. And yeah, uh, glad you picked up the broadcasting because, yeah, if you kind of think of it as a, if I'm producing a program, you know, what is it that people are going to find, um, find entertaining, but also, you know, valuable, helpful. And um, I think, yeah, goodness me, graduate recruiters are in such a good position, you know, through the, the amount of candidates they see, the amount of applications they screen, you know, the amount of stories they have in, in an organization is they have a massive wealth of, of content to, to provide people to, to make them less uncertain, to make them more confident in, 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 in what they do. Um, and that's, that's content marketing ultimately. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, this is, we can't have a conversation without mentioning Jack Whitehall, can we? But this, this is a, <laughs> yeah, let's talk a, about that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really good example, right? Of, of, yeah. of when, of when not, not walking the walk has come back to, come back to bite me in particular. So, you know, we, we did, you know, we did previous, previous employer I worked for was a big thing around um, student experience, providing feedback, that quid pro quo value. And we didn't necessarily de deliver on that with a, with a certain Mr. Whitehall who'd, who'd applied for a vacation scheme. So fast forward in five years, um, I think we were sitting together at the, I think yeah. it must have been the RADS. Where, where, yeah, it um, was, yeah, I think so. Where, 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 where I still can't watch him on TV. It's still, it's lived <laughs> with me to this day. <laughs> um, but there he was on stage and we were, we were really excited about getting nominated um, for an award. Um, and we, you know, we sort of did some really cracking work and we were, we were in with a shout. Um, so got, got to our turn, uh, Mr. Mr. Whitehall took the stage started to read through the nominees and then opened that wonderful gold envelope and announced that um, initially that we'd won. <laughs> now, at that point, I think we we jumped up. I was pretty much on the yeah. stage already. Yeah. I was getting <laughs> very, very excited. <laughs> Feeling all very, very um, full of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then he, he very kind of in a very understated way turned around um, and said, oh, no, my, my mistake. They, um, this this organisation rejected me um, five years ago, and the winner actually is, um, and it, it just so happened to be our biggest competitor at the time. Yeah, and he didn't, didn't he go. So that's what it feels like, Deloitte. <laughs> I was, at that point, I was on my knees. I was, yeah. I was, I was crawling back to the table, to be honest. <laughs> but, I, yeah. but I mean, in, in all seriousness, you know, I think we'd 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 been very keen to, to make a point around the student experience about ensuring that students got to some good feedback that even those that were rejected and it was a big thing at the time wasn't there and I think mm. um, a lot of people myself included were starting to think about graduate recruiters more in the terms of graduate rejectors so we'd we'd get 30,000 applications but we'd only hire 2,000 so the majority of students we had contact with it, it was a negative experience so we were mm. really keen to try to do a little bit more to improve the experience for those students and add value to the, the experience for those students that if they weren't to get a role, then at least they, they get some learning from it and are able to um, to translate that maybe into other applications. Mm. Um, now, we clearly failed with Mr. Whitehall on that occasion. Um, but, you know, that, that if we if we start to think about the way that students are feeling at the moment, they're feeling vulnerable, they're a little bit worried, they're, they're maybe a little bit cynical, they don't really know what's going on. Um, this is a real opportunity, I think, for recruiters to to, to follow through on that promise. And mm. you know, wouldn't it have been great if we'd have potentially given Mr. Whitehall a slightly more 
um, positive experience that he, 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 he maybe not wouldn't have brought that joke to the fore, but um, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a it's a good good story to good story to share. I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you shared it. Um, so see, there's because of you know what's been going on over the last few months. You know that thing about installing confidence um in people who are you know about to join the world of work is in, is important is there any anything else you you think is kind of 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 value that graduate recruiters can give can give students who are you know not too far away from um entering the world of work well i, I think we, we were talking earlier when we about you know that that marketing meeting if we were standing down and think, sitting down and thinking about start of next academic year what, what's that marketing going to look like and how that's going to mm. come in place well i i, I think the, the first bit is to really really start to understand the market and how students are feeling the, the context i think is is all important mm. um so i can imagine that we've we've now got a group uh, of students that, that fall into to maybe several buckets so you, you may be going to get your career hungry students that are are looking at the current situation and thinking I, i'm going to need to double down on this i'm really going to make an effort um to, to acquire to get to, to get that job mm. you, you then got others that are like right well there's no jobs out there i'm just going to put this off i'm not going to get involved in this this is just way too difficult mm -hmm. um then there's maybe another group that are um are thinking I, I might take a step back from the market i might go into postgraduate study um i think a lot of the the last sort of 20 odd years have, have, have sort of shown me is that when graduate vacancies tend to go down postgraduate applications go up yeah now, understandably well i mean it'd be interesting whether that, that, that actually follows next year mm. because you know, obviously the, the mode of, of study is slightly different and the education offerer could be could be off-putting to some I, I hope it won't be and I, I i'm 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 relatively confident that the universities can rise to the challenge of, of providing a good postgraduate courses but you know that that, that that's a, a little bit of anomaly in there but if we if we just look about those those groups um students are going to want to have um those that are slightly more cynical about the market i think it's important for recruiters to start to build trust mm. i think that the value proposition the narrative I, th I think there's there's a place there for openness for honesty um yeah there's a lot going on in the world at the moment you know we talk about covid but um there's there's a, a big agenda around um, environmental sustainability mm. over the last few weeks and months there's been um a lot of like, protests up in London, Black Lives Matter. Mm. So, so that 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 value proposition, I think, is really important for for, for organisations to review and have a look at, and mm. and ensure that it is it is it is current within these current the, the context in which they're recruiting. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, and so, I think that that's probably where I'd start with with the context, and then thinking about that 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 narrative. How do how do we build trust with our audience? How to ensure that that potentially if there's any any damage to our reputation because of COVID or any any negative headlines, how can we start to provide a little bit more clarity to the challenges that we have and how we're going to meet them in the face of that that, that student audience that are mm. that are either cynical or just moving away from the market entirely, or actually are really keen and just want to suck up some more content. Mm. Yeah, I think it's um that thing of of going well. What what do we talk about if we if we can't you know, talk about vacancies now not to say that you know in times of recruitment freezes 
yeah, although I can't see that happening for many, many graduate recruiters, obviously. But but um, I think with that mindset of, you know, what do we talk about if we haven't got, you know, we can't really push our vacancies, you know, that is that is content marketing ultimately. And I think that having that kind of mindset, I think, is really important. And it all does definitely start with, you know, thinking about thinking about the audience. And yeah, there is a there is a long a long game in it, really. I know there are targets to be to be hit, but ultimately when you're looking at students who are starting out at university, first year, second year, final year, postgrad, then the world of work, you know, first step in your career, next step, next step, next step. You know, that's a long journey that you have from education to throughout your career. And actually it would be nice to have some organizations there to be kind of there, you know, close to hand because you might end up joining them, go back to them. Um, so if you can provide value and build that trust right at the very beginning, it's um, it's probably a, a good starting point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, I mean, if we, so look, I, I'm, I'm working on the, the assumption that a lot of recruiters' budgets may have been slashed uh, or potentially repurposed, mm. or there's a, there's a bit of um, confusion about what's kind of happening around targets, etc. But you know, I, I think if we were to sit in that meeting, we'd, we'd probably do a little bit of a SWOT analysis. We'd start to look at the strengths, the, oppor- the weaknesses, opportunities, the threats to that market. Mm. We'd look at our current content. We'd look at how that could be repurposed, topped and tailed. And we'd look at those those channels where we could engage some of our passive career hunters and, and, and social media, I think, would, would probably be the, the main route for that. But the one thing that I think all employers have um, currently, maybe slightly less than a few months ago, but but they have staff, they have recent joiners mm. that have mm. come out of graduate um, recruitment. Uh, sorry, have, have, have come through graduate recruitment channels, etc. Mm. So the one thing that I think I'd probably be looking at at the moment is is, is looking at those new joiners, those those recent graduates within my organisation, and and start to think. Well, actually, if I was a student, I'd I'd want I'd want to engage with content from someone that I. I trust or someone that's that's relatively familiar to me. So I'd I'd look at my recent joiners and I'd look for it through through two two lenses. One to start to generate some of that content to give some real understanding of what working life would look like through the eyes of someone that has recently joined the organization and, and not not from a recruiter, not from the leaders of those organizations, but your your first year joiners. What what is it mm. really like? Tell me a little bit about it. What's what's the culture like? How can you know, with some maybe video content, Q and A, something along those lines, and then I'd, I'd probably use those recent joiners um, for a bit of talent spotting as well. And, mm. and I, I think, for my mind, if you're in an organisation, you're not going to recommend anyone for a role that you don't think is relatively good. Mm. Um, you know, you might go back to your old um, uh, lecturers, you might go back to people that you know on campus, some of your friends, etc. And you could engage with them to, 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 to spread the word or to, to, to cascade some information or, or, or share some content. But broadly speaking, that, that kind of talent spotting, you're not going to refer anyone, I don't think, to your organisation that you don't think has got a good shout of getting into that job. Mm. So we've got some, I think people have got some real opportunities, I think, to, to reach out into that student community and, and build that trust, build that openness and build that um that, that kind of link to, to go through some of that to, to negate some of that cynicism through using their own employees mm. definitely it's i think it's a it's really kind of reassuring to you know, to be speaking to someone who was you know in your place 
in a matter of months or a few years ago. Um, I think it's that thing about kind of having the importance of kind of empathy and <laughs> feeling feeling like you understand the situation that you know someone is in now and that, and that's that's you. I think that's that's what builds rapport, isn't it? Really, I think that's yeah, uh, absolutely spot on idea about 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 doing that. Um, kind of using kind of using that has been used hasn't it i mean typically it's been like you know go to a careers fair and go to a presentation maybe be involved in a in an employee profile but yeah it does certainly sound like there's a there's more that can be done in terms of um using employees to go back to their networks and um i suppose and kind of get involved in the kind of things that you're doing at university at the moment yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking back to to our time working together at, at, at Deloitte. You know, some of the the more successful campaigns that we ran um, on on social, I suppose I'd, I'd put into a couple of categories. One was was around the culture. Mm. Um, you know, we did a lot around Christmas time, showing um, just sort of talking heads or pictures of of Christmas trees in different offices, mm. which which just started to break down that that large corporate persona actually is something well hey you know we're, we're, we're wearing a christmas jumpers as well and I, mm. I know it sounds a bit corny and a little bit a bit, bit silly kind of speaking about it after the event but the students it, it broke down a few barriers it, it it was a it was a shared celebration people were starting to think you know there, there's there's a there's a there's a warm face and there's a totally there's, there's someone there i'd like to work with mm. and then taking that on a little bit further some of the some of the work produced at Deloitte, you know, came out last week, and it's a particular passion of mine is the, the is, is football, but the, the mm. Deloitte Football Money League. I mean, what great content, you know, you can engage yeah, an audience absolutely. there with some stuff that, that's, that's already carried out, some work that's already, but, but using that and, and topic and tailing that, it's a wonderful way to get people engaged on campus mm. um, and to translate some of the work. You know, if we if we went out with a, with a tagline, you know, come and work in tax or audit or whatever that might not get the same level of engagement but actually physically demonstrating some of the the, the work that's been done mm. um, and engaging people with it from that that side and if you're able to take that and maybe some talking heads and some you know real life sort of or even just on your smartphone taking some um some very short video snippets of of people that have recently joined the organization out on client sites or in the middle of a meeting or we, we did some with um some of our recruiter friends um, from Teach First, just some snippets of people working in a classroom. It, it just, yeah, it just nice. helps students to think, oh, this is what it's like. Um, wow. There's a, there's a great bit of software, actually. I've, I've, I've I chatted with a company um, a few episodes ago, but it's uh, source.video, um, which is a mobile video creation platform. And um, yeah, Priya, Priya and the team there are, you know, are great. And you know, it's, it's, it's a really nice piece of software. Um, and that means it's easy to collate that kind of stuff. And um, I think you're absolutely, you're absolutely right about about all that. Um, I think with, I mean, I think with when it comes to video, it's is often seen as being you know, quite unattainable. But we create as as human beings, a lot of us create video a lot. You know, we're taking photos or we're using a mobile phone, so it makes sense to, to tap into that for sure. I mean, how many um. How many times have we walked past someone in the street who's just glued to their phone looking at it? Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure lots of people around my way have, have walked past me when I'm glued to the phone watching some YouTube clips or some. Mm. You know, it, it's it's a nice way of breaking down some some barriers. And if it's if it's an alumni of the university that's come through, then I think it's um, 
it just helps with that engagement mm. and I, I think this is this is where I, I you know thinking about existing assets not only i think of if, if employers got their own staff that they could use to support them on campus but you know universities have got um up and down the country some wonderful career services mm. um, and I'm, I'm very fortunate i've got a wonderful team at leicester that that can give employers and graduate recruiters a unique insight into the moods, the demographics, the, the degree content, the degree prep preparedness of career prep, the degree of um, preparedness of our students to go into mm. employment. And this can really, I think, support a recruiter in channeling their efforts where they'd like to get the most return on investment. Mm. So, you know, we could, we could tell you across um, our careers registration that we carry out with when students register with them each year, how many students that have got work experience, mm. how many that feel that they're, they're, they're planning on, they're now taking a step forward and planning their career, how many of them that have got absolutely no idea what they want to do, how many of those that are actually in a position where they've, they've got a CV ready and they'd like to talk to employers. And if we start to, to take those audiences and start to segment them by maybe degree types, by potentially the, the profile of the student, if we're looking at diversity targets, um, we can start to look at where those students want to work um, geographically across the UK and, and internationally. That, that, that unique insight that a career service will be able to give that employer will be able to help ensure that the content that is generated by the recruiters is positioned at the right time, the right place, mm. and most importantly, in front of that right target audience. Mm. So I think we've got the mechanics there across the market from, from the employers, the, the, the wonderful work that they've, they've carried out, I think, moving selection processes online through to this, the, the content that they can start to produce with their current employees or that they've maybe got on a wonderful website that they could start to, 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 to draw out. And then working with career services that could give a real clear steer on the, the, the student mood and the student audience that they're, they're looking to target. There's, there's a real opportunity, I think, to work slightly more collaboratively than we have done in the past to ensure that I want my students to get jobs. Recruiters mm. want students to, to take their jobs. Um, there's a great opportunity I here, I think, to, to, to make the market more efficient and more effective. And, and that, that, that can be done by picking up a phone. Mm. Or getting on a Zoom call, or you know, whatever it is, yeah. you know. Um, so I think there's that this is a real opportunity to build relationships, build networks, to start to collaborate, and just to try something a little bit new. Mm. You know, in many ways, it's a bit of a free hit this year, isn't it? We're working in working in a very different way. We we don't know. We've got nothing to tell us what's going to work, what isn't going to work. So mm. so let's try some things. Let's have a go. Let's fail quickly. Let's learn from it. Let's move on to the to the the next the next thing. Exactly there. I think there's got always got to be an element of, you know, you you got to feel, I suppose you got to feel that you this something is going to work and and have enough to give you confidence that something might work. But there's always going to be an element of well, this might not work. You know, I think uh, giving yourself that freedom to to know that well, you know, if it doesn't work, we'll know how to you know make it better next time i think is, is a really nice way of looking at it because um otherwise you end up just doing the doing the same same thing i think definitely i think the kind of graduate recruitment season you know, the milk round is a, you know, a perfect example of how this is you know what happens over the next few months is um it's going to be really interesting and could actually define define how it, it's done you know from from now on you know there will be of course the classic thing of you know what is the new normal there will be an element of going back to normal but yeah i, I reckon there's going to be 
a decent chunk of it that will that will change for sure and this is this is the beauty of online and, and you'll be able to talk to this much more knowledgeably than i will but you know if we think about online content it, i think it's easier to get data on on who's accessing it on yeah, um sure. how people have engaged with it versus a careers fair which i, I don't think you can get the same kind of data analytics onto it no. i don't think you can adjust it a careers fair and your stand and your brochures you can't adjust that in real time no. or if you came with your online content so I, I think in, in, in many ways that, um, that there's a an accessibility that online gives you that, that maybe in a, you, you can't get at a careers fair or with a brochure. It just feels slightly more inclusive. Mm. We, we touched at the beginning around well-being, anxiety. I, I get the feeling that students are more likely to engage online than they would maybe feeling anxious coming up to someone and talking to them at a careers fair. Mm. You know, universities do some great work around supporting students with a disability, but again, working with online content i think it's slightly more accessible than it is going into a careers fair mm. um so i think this this enables you to innovate and it enables you to fail quickly because you, you've got the, the the demonstrable analytics that you can put behind it mm. to take a view as to whether it's whether it's working or not and if it isn't then you try it at a different time in a different way slightly repurpose some of that content and have another go exactly and when you do you know when you do look at you know how you can use online for events i think you've you then got something where you know okay if you have a faqs you always make sure you have those faqs up front you don't just hope just wait there in front of the camera hoping that people will ask questions you come prepped with stuff you know and even if you don't get many questions coming in live you know you've got video content there to actually then distribute afterwards um and when we were working together at deloitte a good while ago now maybe i think it was maybe 20 Goodness me, 2015 perhaps, but um, uh, Connor O'Shea was involved in um, in a in a, a small event um, talking about leadership. And I remember there was a few people from Deloitte there, um, and also from Bucks, I think it was. Um, oh, and, God, um, it was like 25. It was in Surrey, I think it was, and that's where the Harlequins trained. So Connor O'Shea was like, you know, I think just been talking to Danny Care, the kind of stuff, you know, but he was, you know, he came in and he, he was part of a, a talk about leadership to a, a group of 25 students. Um, but we did it live and those 25 students there in the room, but there was 250 students watching it live as it happened. And then when we had the video afterwards, it reached, no, no, not reached. We had like two and a half thousand people watch that video you know, of the session. So, you know, talk about being able to scale something. Um, you know, it's, um, and that, that content is still there, you know, and, and that content was then available to cut up and, and, and use on social. Um, so you kind of, you know, was it classic phrase, sweating that asset or something, but not to say, not, not calling Connor O'Shea an asset, but you know, it's, um, it's, uh, it just shows how, how by doing something, adding an extra layer to something means that you can get so much more value. And you know, I think there has been that challenge with the careers fairs. I mean, I've been involved in it, in careers fairs a lot. I've been to lots of careers fairs, as I say, in the beginning of my career. Um, and there's that danger of when it's done, it's done. You know, and, and what else can you get out of it? Um, if you can make sure that, you know, the I suppose you're wagging the tail of that campaigning, you know, as, as much as possible, um, 
then then it's um i think it, you're going to get more value for money as well and you can say well yeah instead of a careers fair we can well we met these number of people if you did something online then you know that you people have signed up you can retarget them of course that shouldn't mean you just retarget them with any old stuff like now do you want to apply for us you know if you had a good conversation with someone at an event or you know online then actually you want to build that trust as you were talking about and give them something of, of, of value and we've talked about a number of things that would be of, of value to somebody um yeah it's a uh, yeah it's it's certainly interesting <laughs> i wouldn't be the first person to say we're living in interesting times but um i think it's really good to get your kind of viewpoint on it um and we've just to finish off and we kind of we've this has been a lot about a lot about tips but what would be your kind of your two or three takeaway slash tips from from what say graduate attraction team should be talking about when they prep next sit down and talk about what their plans are I, do you know i think my 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 agenda would would probably have three three key items on it mm. one would be a bit of a, a, an inventory what, what what have we got um we've got wonderfully well stocked websites what you know, we've got content that's probably on a page that's that hasn't been looked at for a while Let, let's do an inventory let's see what we've got and let's see what what assets that we have available to us in the terms of maybe um brand ambassadors on campus potentially our own employees as, as i as i kind of touched on earlier so i would i would really look at what assets have we currently got i'd then start to think about how we could deploy them within the context of the current environment mm. i think that would be that would be incredibly important um and then start to, to think about well how can we how can we test some of these things out and this is where the critical friend piece i think that that career services can offer um employers is is to get a feel for the student audience you know, we're, we're very fortunate. We've we've got a popular service amongst Leicester students. I think this week, just looking at some of the analytics that have come through, we've had just over 150 appointments with our students that have, have, have come That's into good. the service virtually um, to talk to our advisors to get hints and tips on CVs or to, to get some kind of insight and, and guidance on, on where they can go with their career. So this this is a wonderful and unique in in time insight that the career services up and down the country can give so i think the third thing is once you've once you've worked out what you've got once you've started to look at um how you could apply that more within the context of the of the pandemic once you've come up with those ideas and you've started to build those plans is, is engage with, with with career services to to provide you with a little bit more insight and to help to formulate those plans to ensure that you get the best return on investment mm. Yeah, definitely i think it's yeah the my experience of working with career services they're there to help basically it's in their interest to to make sure that um that their students are as prepared as possible and you know employers have what they need so yeah absolutely absolutely spot on um well thanks very much really enjoyed that chat i think we're pretty much done on time now but um yeah it's great to great to catch up um and yeah really appreciate your time um it's been uh, an absolute pleasure thank you so much for having me uh, thanks robin uh, yeah have a good have a good weekend when you get there yeah and you mate take care cheers bye cheers bye bye thanks for listening and don't forget to follow or subscribe for the latest episode drops and don't forget to get in touch if you want to contribute